Hi, I'm C. Northington Purdy, and this is Your Teaching Career. In today's episode, we're going to speak with a teacher of a subject that we do not associate with online learning, dance, a public school dance teacher. Her perspectives are different from any that I've heard from anyone else, and I think you'll find them enlightening. Stay tuned. I'm here with Ms. Mrs. Susan Pope, who is a dance teacher in a large urban school district. Um, what? Thank you for first of all, thank you for um, coming and and agreeing to do this. What grades do you teach dance? I teach kindergarten through eighth grade. Well, actually, kindergarten through seventh grade. Oh, wonderful. All right. Uh, so you are going about your curriculum as you normally do. And in March, they told you to do it from home. How was that transition? It was so challenging. Um, actually, when we got the, the notice, the, the announcement that we would um, be transitioning to online learning, we actually had um, a group of students in the dance studio. We were prepared to go to our high school to rehearsed for our annual um, dance festival. Wow. Uh, sponsored by Newark Public Schools. We had, you know, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade students in my room all practicing, rehearsing, warming up, waiting for the bus. And, and as we look out the window and see the buses start to drive up, we get a call that the rehearsal had been canceled, and then later on we get the call that returning to school on Monday. The oh students my goodness. were devastated. Our eighth graders especially were devastated. This was their last opportunity to perform in the spring sh- spring festival, um, the dance festival. Um, and we just, we were not prepared. Um, oh no. Teaching dance online is not something that was written into our curriculum. And although we have, you know, resources and, and videos and things, but it is not something that we were at all prepared for. Like, we were just in a frenzy. Oh, wow. So, I mean, did, were, you, were you told ahead of the students? Were you given a chance to package it for your students so that they could understand it? No. No? Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping you would say yes. <laughs> all told about the same time. Um, you know, and of course, we all, all the teachers, we had speculations, and when, you know, when they canceled the rehearsal, of course, all of the teachers, we were like, we're not coming back. Like, we're, they're going to send us home, and we're not coming back on Monday. But we hadn't gotten that official word, so, of course, we did not say that to the students, and it was, that, again, was challenging, because now the students are all asking us, well, well, when are we going to have the show? Is the show canceled? Or, you know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do about rehearsal? What are we going to do about the cops? And they're asking us tons and tons of oh. questions. And we kind of know in the back of our mind, we're not coming back until, you know, we, we had no idea it would be this long. Mm-hmm. But we knew that, this, that most likely the school year was done. Oh. But you should not say that to the students. No, no. So, it, again, it was just so challenging. They trust us. You know, and so to look in a child's eye and say, I don't know, <laughs> was, was hard. Yeah. So, you know, I hadn't been 
I'm so sorry. Um, I feel I'm feeling for the <laughs> for your students. So now, did your does your school did they already have something in place on an online system in which you communicate with your students outside of school? Was that already in place? Well, for the most part, we had um, a couple of different systems. For our our younger students, we had um, something called Class Dojo. Oh yeah. Uh huh. So that was a way for us to communicate with the parents to let them um, know what, you know how their child is doing in class. Um, the child would receive points, um, and you know, and how they were doing in class each time. So that was already in system. It's an excellent students. program, and I recommend that to all teachers. Class Dojo. Okay. It's a free download. It's an app, and it'll it'll tra change everything as far as being organized and, and communication with students. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. And then for the middle school students, we use uh, Google Classroom. All right. So did you? So you're saying that you were using all of this before the pandemic? Yes, we were using all of it already. It wasn't necessarily mandatory, but it was a helpful resource, right? And especially for a dance teacher, um, Google Classroom, which is kind of a, a backup for mm -hmm. announcements and things that we we're giving the students. You know, if they miss something, we would, would always say, you know, check Google Classroom. The, you know, your homework assignment is there. Um, you know, the, the directions you need for this project were there. But like many, like many things we did, you know, choreography assignments or um, feedback for performances, those things we didn't normally have on Google Classroom. So we had to, you know, now switch and put everything classroom which we were not used to okay now in our next let's take a break here in our next segment i'd like you to describe a typical school day online in the fourth marking period okay in the fourth marking period? yeah the fourth marking period you spent most of your fourth marking period teaching online yeah yeah that's what i want to hear about in our next segment we're taking a break here We're back with Susan Pope, um, a dance instructor. I Before you tell us about your actual um, application of teaching, what preparation did you make in order to be a dance teacher? Do you have um, a certification in dance? How, how does that work? I have a bachelor's in dance performance. Oh. Um, Okay. Well, so I, I see, I didn't even know you could get a master's in dance education. That's wonderful. Wonderful. Um, did you get that in New Jersey or? I, I received my, my master's in dance education from Teachers College Columbia. Oh, and, New York. Okay. Um, when I taught in New York, you were required to get a master's within five years of being um, hired. Okay. That's good to know. That's really good to know. Yeah, really. I'm so glad that. Question. That. Another question. Let's say you have a bachelor's degree in psychology or something, and you want to be a dance instructor. Can you get a master's in dance and still get certified to teach dance? Um, you most likely could, but you probably would have to take some um, prerequisite courses. 
in dance because you know if you have a, a, a bachelor's in psychology and have no dance experience you know you've got to have some some content to, oh okay to teach. you've got to have some experience okay because um, there are people that come into a, a master's program who may not may not have had a bachelor's in dance but they've either been a professional dancer mm-hmm. um, and received a bachelor's in something else um you know so it, it's possible but it's Probably not the, the best route to go. Do you know of any programs that offer a bachelor's degree in dance education? Oh, yeah. Um, Montclair. Uh, Montclair State University in New Jersey. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, they have an excellent program. I'm um, sure Juilliard, I guess, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Rutgers has a wonderful program. Um, and Rutgers, I believe, has a program where you can do like all in one shot like I think oh. five or six years that's beautiful program that's beautiful so I mean I, I I'm just rethinking my 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 bachelor's degree experience and wondering what it would have been like to have most of my classes to be dance and the history of dance <laughs> wow that's wonderful well, okay you know what's interesting is that like my bachelor's was not in dance education it was in dance Mm-hmm. And the curriculum is different because in dance education, you've got to go through, you know, the pedagogy courses just as anyone else in any type of um, pedagogy um, degree mm-hmm. is getting. So you've got to go through pedagogy, you've got to go through psychology, and those are things that I did not go through in my bachelor's program because oh. I was in the dance performance. Right. Um, okay. Huh. Interesting. I want to, I, I could talk to you about just that for the whole episode, but I want to get back to, um, your, your application. How, so, so the, the following day after they told you that the pandemic was shutting the schools down, you began teaching from home. How describe the typical school day teaching dance from home. Ah. words and concepts that 
right. that their child has been studying since September. And, you know, it's interesting when you're in this field, you have to be mindful of teacher talk because there is a shorthand that we all use when we're talking to each other that the average person might not know. And, and the acronyms are ridiculous. Oh my goodness. You have to be mindful of all that. That's an excellent point you just brought up. Oh my goodness. Like I remember um, uh, one of the lessons we had was on pathways. And I said, you know, create a, um, a um, identify the pathways within your, your dance piece. And I had a parent, um, you know, send me a message like, well, what is a pathway? I don't even know what that is. Wow. And, you know, although I wanted to say, well, ask your child, and they should know. But then I had to go through the whole, you know, demonstration of what a pathway was. And the parent even sent a message back saying, well, I asked my child, and they said, well, it's the lines that Miss Pope puts on the floor in the studio. And one is straight, and one is curved, and one is oh. zigzag. Yeah, no, thank you for explaining it because I don't know what a pathway is either. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so you would do that? You would upload those for every day of the week? Or how, do you, how would you monitor their progress? Okay, so I uploaded it for, I uploaded it on the day that I had that class. So okay. I had Miss So-and-So's class on Monday. I uploaded her assignment to her class on Monday. Right. The class I had on Tuesday, okay. I uploaded it then. It took me a couple of weeks to figure out, you know, my whole process, because in the, the first week, I was doing a new video for every single class. And after right. the first week, I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so then Monday, I recorded one video, and then I uploaded that same video, you know, uh, daily during the week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mrs. Pope, in our next segment, I'm going to ask you about assessment. You know, how you were able to um, determine grades, etc. Will you stay with us? Sure. Okay. Hey, did you know that all of the websites and apps that we discuss in this episode are available in our show notes? Just go to the explanation of this episode and click the links. We're back with Mrs. Susan Pope, and I would like to know how you were able to uh, evaluate your students' progress or, or just what they were trying to, uh, a fulfillment of the requirements. So the assessment process, again, was challenging because normally when I have my students in front of me, um, even if I'm using a rubric, I'm able to look, I'm able to span the entire classroom and Right. But now I have all of these students who, once I give them their assignment, what they were asked to do initially was to take a video of themselves performing the, the task. Then I, in turn, would have to look at the video and assess if they had, um, you know, actually, if they understood the, the task and um, did they meet the benchmark. That 
videos coming in. I could not keep up with oh. all of the videos coming in. Right. And um, then with the, and even with the older students, it, they, like, they didn't want to share their videos. We have another um, platform called Flipgrid. Flipgrid, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we had never used it in the dance class. I think had had we used it ahead of time, we wouldn't have had a problem with it. But because it was new to them mm-hmm. and they didn't understand, they kept asking questions. Well, was somebody else going to be able to see my video? Like, where is it going? And I had parents asking the same question. Well, I don't know if I want my my child's video being shared. And the whole you know point of Flipgrid is you're able to share a video and then others are able to make comments on it to, to give feedback, which is what. What you do in class. Yeah, and you, they do see each other dancing in class, right? Yeah. 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 So, I, you know, I thought it would be an easy transition, but for my older, my middle school students, it was not. Um, even to the point of um, having class where, uh, a synchronous class where I had my students all online at the same time, and we were discussing topics, and we were doing choreography. None of them had their camera open, so I could oh. Oh. I would explain, I said, well, I can't give you feedback if I can't see what you're doing. Right. But that middle school age, when they are just very self-conscious mm-hmm. and just being thrown into this at the last minute, yeah. they were not ready for that. Wow. So, yeah, assessment was, was difficult. So, eventually, we, tra- we transitioned to doing um, Google documents where they answered questions about what they were doing. Okay. I didn't And was their self-assessment honest? Um, for some, it was. For some, <laughs> they didn't really know um, how to self-assess, you know, in the way that, uh, I want to say, in the way that, that was really um, meaningful or, you know, and although they've done self-assessment in the classroom, in the studio, but it's always been, you know, in a conversation. So if they were they said something like, well, you know, I didn't see this or I didn't see this. You know, I could always help them and guide them. Mm-hmm. But they were kind of left on their own now to do this um, assessment of themselves or to, to tell me what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just did a movement log where we said, oh. tell us, you know, how much dance-related activity are you doing during the week? Are you exercising? We would give them lists of videos where they could follow and, and you know, movement classes and technique classes that they could follow and then give us um, some feedback on that class that you took. Huh. And, yeah, so, you know, again, they were used to doing feedback in class, but doing it in, in this aspect was challenging for them. And I just found that the entire assessment process for all of my students just really was not... It was not equitable. It was oh. not. Um, it was not realistic. No. No. I mean. You no, know, they had experiences, but in as far as assessing them, it wasn't. It was not realistic. Um. Well, 
Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to think what, what would be the workaround for something like that. Well, the, the um, to get around that I, would be the, the preparation. Like my, my colleague and I have been talking um, about, you know, if we are def- if we are going back in September, we have to do Flipgrid on a, on a regular basis. Okay. Um, there have been times where we're learning the choreography in class, um, and then I'll say, okay, now take this phrase and vary it, give me, you know, a couple of different variations, and I'll put them in pairs. And you two go over here, and you two go over here, and kids in the hallway. Right. And they would work on it, and they would come back, they would discuss, they would return and talk. You know, we'd have discussions about the whole thing. But again, it's, you know, we're, again, we're feeding off the energy of each other. When they are doing this left to their own, they were, they were not quite ready to do that in a way where they, I think where they, where they trusted themselves without the constant feedback from the teacher. Right, yeah. And I had to recognize that some of them, and also I had to recognize that some of them were just going through, you know, different challenges at home. Oh, yeah, yeah. And just their headspace did not allow them to do this on their own. Hmm. This is so this is so amazing. It's so interesting. In our final segment, I'd like to hear your projections for the future of this. Okay? I'd love that. All right. We're back with Mrs. Susan Pope. We're talking about teaching dance remotely. Now, when uh, the school year begins again, um, you're, are you planning for both online teaching and in class teaching or what's, what, what are we doing? Um, I believe it will be, um, yes, both, uh, virtual and, um, and, and, you know, being back in the building. Virtual and being back in the building. Yeah. Okay. Well, with that in mind, is there anything virtually that you plan to do differently going into it? Meditation? Yeah, and our students really enjoyed that. Um, they found that it was necessary, um, so we continued it um, during um, online teaching. Oh. They, they showed up for that, um, you know, even though we could not see them, which was, and that was the one day where I didn't mind if I didn't see them, mm-hmm. um, but they showed up for that. Does your school um, district have a, a um, district-wide Zoom account where you would be able to see everybody? Oh, okay. I'm familiar yeah, with that. We are able to, you know, see everyone, you know, as long as your device has a camera. Um, many of the Chromebooks that were given out to the students did not have cameras. 
Oh, okay. So, so a lot of students did receive laptops. Yeah, yeah. A lot of students, you know, and they were told if you do not have um, any type of device at home that you could come to the school and receive a Chromebook. Many of the students did do that. Um, but again, it's the whole technology and knowing how to use the, the technology. Right, Knowing how right. to, you know, operate different platforms. So that was a, a learning experience in itself for the students and for the parents. Correct. Yeah. 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 All right. Now, how how are you going to handle social distancing for your face to face classes? So I think I've and I'm honestly I've been thinking about this. <laughs> um, and, and in any any time we've had in in my career where the students or myself have had a question about something, we have tried to answer that question with movement. So I think our first piece of choreography, our first movement exploration will be about this pandemic. Responding to it and how how do we socially distance, you know, when we want to be close to each other, when we want to give each other a hug, we want to give each other a high five, you know, we want to celebrate someone else's accomplishments for finally being able to that pirouette or that leap or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think our first movement exploration will be about this entire pandemic and how it has affected you. So of course, there will have to be um, some assignments where the students will have to complete them, you know, on their own at home and then bring them into the classroom to, to demonstrate, um, you know, what, what was revealed to them. As they were as they were working this question out, but that has always been my practice. Um, so whether we are talking about um, homelessness or talking about um, climate control or Black Lives Matter or whatever it is we're talking about, we try to figure it out through movement. And it I love that kind of a, a sense of a, in, embodied learning. I wish I were in your class. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, I, I love the fact that you've given this so much thought, even though we still have about a month to, to do our planning. Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's going to take, it's gonna take it all is. the time to really figure this out and, and flush out, you know, different things. And then the whole, you'll, you'll be teaching, but they won't be able to see your, your, your mouth moving because everybody's going to have a mask on. Right. And, I mean, there, there's just so, so many considerations. Really is. I mean, and even just facial, um, you know, body language, facial expressions. Yes. Yes. All of that's a part of a, a, a teacher's toolbox. Yes. Oh, and a dancer. I've noticed um, in some of the groups that you core you choreograph. <laughs> I don't use that word very often. Um, that sometimes your dancers are smiling, and sometimes they're not. You know, depending on the song and what you're trying to portray. Right. So that's really interesting that, you know, that's something you have to take into consideration, too. I, I, I envy you. I wish I had that kind of skill. Thank you, Mrs. Pope, for talking to me. I There's just so much in here. I'm going to listen to this over and over again because it, it gives me so, so many ideas. Thank you for talking about your use of Flipgrid. That's F-L-I-P. G-R-I-D. It's a free app on iOS and Android. Download it and play with it. It's, you probably will need a tutorial. It comes with that. 
Um, yeah. But once you get started using it, it is a valuable tool for teaching. If I was able to figure out how to use it, I, anybody can figure it. <laughs> Everybody says that. <laughs> yeah. So it's a really good tool. Start. I mean, now that you have time before school begins, start thinking about online ways that you can realize the curriculum. Thank you, Mrs. Pope, for speaking with me, and I hope you have a great school year going forward. Thank you so much for having me and, and just um, you know, kind of pushing me to even think about where I'm going and what I'm doing. I hope, I hope you enjoy it. Thanks. If you like what you've heard, feel free to leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you and any ideas that you might have for future episodes. Subscribe and tell a friend about this. Thanks.